You're listening to a podcast by Oak Magazine. I would like to acknowledge the Dja Wurrung people as the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was recorded. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine. And I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. This episode shares personal moments and a sensitive discussion around depression and suicide. For some, this may be difficult to listen to, or have a triggering effect. So you may want to skip this episode. You can phone Lifeline at any time on 13 11 14. There is no other job that requires you to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And Louise O'Neill believes farming should not be the exception. The sports therapist and mental health coach has spent the past six years helping men and women in the bush to shift their mindset and challenge the unconventional paradigms facing farming communities. Her passion stems from a personal level, having seen the impact it's had on regional communities. From her farm in Denmark, Western Australia, Louise operates Farm Life Fitness. This year, her passion, commitment and positive impact has been recognised by being named the WA finalist for the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. Louise shares with us her very personal story, which was the catalyst to starting Farm Life Fitness. Now meet my friend, Louise, from Farm Life Fitness. Hello, Louise, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for just taking your time with me because I had a few tech issues uh, before we hit record. (laughs) This is modern life, modern technology happens to the best I know it is. And then I think, oh my gosh, we were both together a couple of weeks ago in Canberra, face to face. We could have done that then. <laughs> yes, but we like a challenge, don't we? We absolutely do. Um, so just to give our listeners a bit of insight into our friendship, and I think this actually sets up the interview really well, um, is just how we've both come to meet each other. And that is through the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award, which is all very exciting. You are Western Australia's finalist, their state finalist for uh, Farm Life Fitness. And I'm obviously Vic, state finalist for Oak Magazine. And we actually finally got together to see each other in person a couple of months ago. It would have been at the summit in Aubrey. Yeah. And I just do want to say, you know, congratulations to you. I was genuinely, and I really mean this, like so happy for you to see you stood up there because you and I had, had a few chats through those couple of days about everything and both our conf- and everyone else's confidence was going from high to low <laughs> to roundabout. And um, I yeah, I think what you're doing is incredible, giving people the chance to tell their stories and it's so worthwhile and so needed. So I was just so happy for you to see you up there. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Now, one part of the summit in Aubrey uh, for the national pitch was each of us standing up and telling our story. 
Now, I intentionally don't include a lot of my personal story in what I do in business. That is just me. I I separate both. Um, And I'm not saying that's definitely the right thing to do either. But for the rest of you, you all brought that personal story uh, to the table. And we did. You'd stand up. You'd share your story. We'd provide feedback. Then, and then you'd go back, refine, stand up again. Then you're standing up in front of Horizon Scholars, which are, you know, 40 of the brightest um, agriculture students that we have in Australia. Uh, and they're all, you know, aged between 20 and 22. And then they all provide feedback on post-it notes, which is just terrifying, to be honest. That was the worst part. That was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, but, you know, how did you – did you – do anything prior to Aubrey, Louise, to, to set yourself up to be able to tell your story over and over again before we actually get into what your story is? Um, no, I don't think so. And the reason why is because AgriFutures winning the award and putting forward for it and uh, Aubrey was – it really made me dig deep into my why. I, I always knew my why. I always remember it. But in actual fact, this award and, and the processes and talking to people has really brought it more to the surface. So I think I did touch upon it beforehand, but not as much. And it, and that's because there are other people involved. You know, my husband plays a huge part in my why. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that he was obviously happy with that because there are a lot of people up until this point that didn't really know the full reason. And I, you know, I wanted to protect him and make sure he was strong enough to be able to cope with it all. And I think it's just so emotional that I don't think there's sometimes you can prepare yourself because sometimes I can tell it and it's okay. Other times I can tell it and, um, you know, my voice is quivering, quivering and I have a bit of a tear well up. Um, and other times it's just, it's not the right time to tell it because I can't. So I don't think there was any prep. It was just making sure that people involved were happy for me to do it and, and getting used to, to telling it and getting used to being okay with whatever emotions it stirs up. Mm, yeah. Um, I find this the hardest part of journalism. It is one of the reasons why I probably left a newsroom, I think. It's it's having to ask people to share those really, I suppose, those moments in their life that does trigger, you know, a traumatic experience and it's never been a comfortable one. And like I'm going to ask you to do it again, um, even though I've sat in that room and listened to you tell that story. Um, no less than five times, I tell you. I, I should have been counting how many times we all heard each other's story. But I would love if you could share with us um, the catalyst behind starting your business. Yeah, and, and I will I will say, um, Kimberly, I, I think your sensitivity or being aware of it is, is really great. Um, and I think I'm happy to talk to you and most people about it and because you are doing it sensitively. And I will also say that I'm very aware that I will be talking about this story for a while and you don't release it unless you're sort of happy to talk about it. But thank you for, for saying that and recognising that. Um, so Farm Life Fitness is about creating a healthier uh, way of farming both mentally and physically and not just for those farming but for anyone connected to ag 
there is this perception with farming that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week job. And I just don't think that that is the way it should be. And the reason why I don't think it's the way it should be is because um, I have witnessed firsthand what happens when that is the case. And not only have I seen my friends and, and community members mourn another life that's been lost because of these unhealthy paradigms, um, because people can't see a way out. Um, but it happened very, very close to, to my heart. It happened to me and my husband. Um, it just got to a point just before we were about to welcome our first son into the world, who's now eight. Um, you know, it should have been in a really amazing time for us, a really happy time, but it wasn't. It was one of the most stressful financially stressful emotionally stressful physically stressful times of our life and it and it got to a point where our machinery broke down in a paddock because it was around seeding because of course why add a complication to seeding um why not bring a, a birth into it <laughs> um so yeah we were seeding or getting ready to seed and this machinery broke down and um I went to meet Warren in the paddock Warren's my husband and um I was looking down into, uh, I bought him like a packet of chips or something and I was holding them out to him and he wasn't taking these packet of chips and and I was just in my own world and then I looked up and, and I just saw like tears coming down his face and um, and I was frozen. I, I was, I, yeah, I, I couldn't quite compute what was going on and it was only when, you know, he literally dropped to his knees um, and said, I I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't keep going on like this. It was when I realized, okay, so this is, this is happening right here, right now for both of us. Um, and he just, he didn't know how to get himself out of this hole. He was in Kimberley. He didn't know where to go. And he was torn between working all the hours to, stepping back to being involved in me being pregnant because I was really sick being pregnant as well. I was fighting my own battles at the same time and it just all came to a head right there and then and we had nowhere to go and it was just the two of us in this paddock like crying together. We were together but we were so apart as well. Was this your first I suppose, having, have you ever been around someone that's maybe had depression or had mental health issues? Was this your first experience with it? It was probably my first person closest to me. Um, and that's yeah. a, then a whole different level because you can disconnect when it's someone who you might know. Um, I, I, I worked in a a rehab centre in town and a physio in town and part of my job was to help rehab but it was also to train people and I think when you're talking about long-term injuries or people um, that come into the gym you know either wanting to lose weight or anything like that they there's normally an emotional connection there or there's an emotional um, pitfall if you want when when they're not recovering from injury so I had always been around it and always been aware of it and um I was very aware of what was going on in farming. You you can sometimes you can feel it, I think, but when yeah, when you're that close to it physically and emotionally is a, is a different different story. Yeah. So tell me about those I suppose those next couple of days. How did you help Warren 
um, you know, f- I suppose find some services to help him or what types of conversations did you have? They were very honest conversations. I think we have both gotten to a point where we were sort of dancing around the subject because even though I was a bit blindsided by that day, you know, you look back and you know signs are there. Um, and I think maybe we had been dancing around the subject and because I was, I'll be totally honest, I was very self-involved at that point as well because I was just trying to get through each day of being pregnant and not feeling um, like total crap really. And so I was in my own own world there. And so we just stripped everything back and we did a lot of talk about the feelings, like just what we were feeling, not the reasons why not how can we fix this just what were we feeling and when you name something it becomes true and it becomes real and then you can accept it and then start to build from there and so it was just you know really really simple it's I'm not going to say you know we just totally stopped doing everything and took some time out because we didn't we couldn't we we had a business to run we had machinery to fix and we had seeding to get on with but it was about okay what can we minimize right now you know we were going out that I remember we were going out the following weekend we had about two or three social occasions lined up and I said you know what we're just not going to go to any of them we are stepping back from that because that is something that we can do and we can um, focus on ourselves and um so we made changes like that and we made changes to our routine, things that I knew logically I could help with, um, given my background, you know, about sleep hygiene and everything. They were the things I could practically do um, and just letting him know that I was there. But I think also there needed there needed to be that conversation about he actually needed to go and talk to someone that wasn't me because it's very hard to talk to someone when you're emotionally attached to them and vice versa. And part of the problem was me, but he wasn't going to tell me that because why you can't say that to your wife. Um, And so just encouraging him to take those steps and, and seek help. But it's been a very long journey because it's taken us a very, very, very long time to find the right people. I was going to say living in, rural Australia. So you live in Denmark, um, Mm -hmm. over in WA. What sort of services are available, you know, in your community in this regard? Well, I will say in Denmark, Denmark is a lot more, um, it's just got a very good health and wellness vibe around it. But at this time, we were actually in the wheat belt in Northern, which is about five hours um, north of Denmark. and we had a family farm there and it's it's very different there I, I will say um those paradigms about 24 hours a day seven days a week are very very uh affluent if, if for want of a better word and I think you know was it did the right thing he he went to his local doctor and with the best within the world uh doctors are great but um this particular one basically said that talking will never help and to take pills and that was really it um and you know just take some time off the farm which you can't tell a farmer just to take time off a farm um we need to understand and that was it there was no empathy there was no understanding and so for a long time he did do that he he followed this doctor's advice and it was only 
the more I started to learn through my other degree that I'm doing and the more I became, <laughs> he'll say I was nagging, I would say I was just gently making him aware of things was when um, we just started to seek other services. But unfortunately, it's, it's outside a rural location. You know, he, he goes to Perth now um to talk to people and, and to and to to get his treatment and that's that's five hours away so oh, that's ridiculous isn't it yeah. oh yes. gosh yes don't get me on my soapbox yep. Kimberly oh no I'm happy to I'd, I'd probably join you there and have a, a good old rant um <laughs> it's I mean I always look at COVID and try and find some silver lining out of it um because it was an absolute shit show for us here as it was for so many people but there's got to be some some good that comes out of it and um I think one of the things is that we have online a little bit more like everyone's entrusted everyone's more comfortable with online um but which again is is so beneficial for those that are living in rural areas as well but I think the great like what I love about your story um Louise is that you talk about a farmer who is male who is having problems and has gone and sought help and is talking to someone about those. There would be so many women that are listening to the podcast who would be able to resonate. Um, And, you know, I know this is so stereotypical, but guys don't generally talk a lot about their feelings or, oh, it's so hard, isn't it? Like, what do we do? Like, and I suppose this for you is, is where farm life fitness has come in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the more I tell my story, I was, I did a, a talk a couple of weeks ago. Um, and there was a lot of women that came up afterwards and said, Oh, my God, it feels like you were, you were telling our story. Um, and look, I do, I do go into bat for the men a lot. Um, and it's not to take anything away from anyone else. Farm Life Fitness does stand for the men, the farmers, but beyond the farmers as well. Um, and I, I just think it's like you said, it's because you know, that they're not the best at um, talking about emotions. And um, I think we have to understand that they, you know, we are two different species. And so we, female to female, we can have a conversation and it's, it's easy and, and we can get, we can get stuck into the nitty gritty quite easily. But for, for the male, like we can't expect that from our, from our partners, our husbands, whatever, because, even down to how we stand, um, our body positioning, our eye contact, the language we use. If, if we talk like we did to our f- female friends, we're just going to scare them off. And, it, and it's yep. not just that, it's fact. It, it's, there's research done on this. And so it's a really hard thing to bring up with your husband. I get it. Like, you know, I, I didn't feel great about what I was talking to him about. And I am probably a bit more brutal than some people. I'm not one for, you know, sometimes treading softly and that's can be to my detriment sometimes. Um, and it's really, really hard to start these conversations. And I genuinely feel for anyone. And that is why farm life is here. And we have, um, I have great conversations with men and women now about their mental health and well-being, um, but they have to want to come to the party as well, and that's the really tough thing. We can have yeah. all these services put in place, and we can we can be their support network, but unless they are at a spot where they're willing to say, you know what, enough is enough, um, then it, it's probably not going to happen 
as quickly as we would like, or it gets to a point that happened for was where he had no choice. Enough was enough because there was no other way. You know, he was getting very close to a very dark black hole um, where he may not have pulled himself out from, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, which, um, yeah, you just don't want to think about, do you? No. You have two boys. Um, mm. I've got four kids and two of those are boys. You're my um, hero. You're my hero, by the <laughs> way, four kids. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, it, it does. I, I don't know if I just say this as a sort of side, oh, it gets easier when you have more. I mean, I, I think we're probably busier than most with two, but um, they do entertain themselves. You you all learn to become more self-sufficient in a household. But, um, you know, both of us have got boys. Both of us have husbands who talk to other people, who, you know, speak to a psychologist. I just think the role models that they're providing for our young men is so important and hopefully breaking down that stigma um, that it, it is okay to talk to someone about your feelings. You know, sometimes you're, you're going to have those big emotions and that is okay and it is okay to talk about it and it's not a sign of weakness or anything, as I said, anything stereotypical that comes from that. So um, I think we're, we're doing good things for the next generation. Yeah, that's really funny actually. Just literally before um, you and I started talking, Warren came in to me and he said, he said to me, do you know what, Louise, like one of my goals and one thing I knew I'd be really proud of was if uh, one of the boys came to me for advice over something that was troubling them. And last night, Hamish did that, our eldest, he was in bed and um, he asked Warren for advice over, and Hamish is only eight, so you know, the, the level of advice is not well pieced, but it was what he was talking about was really important to him. And Warren said he felt so proud that he had come to him and asked for advice and talked about how he felt and, and everything like that. And it's just funny you say that because, you know, that is all Warren's work and, and mine, but Warren's about role modeling, about talking and not keeping feelings inside. And, you know, if we can start this at a grassroots level, if we can start these boys and, and girls um, talking about their feelings and we're setting ourselves up for a much more healthier and sustainable future, not just in agriculture, but in, in any business or in any environment yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? It's just ironic. We were having the same conversation last week. I think when you get to end of term, um, I think we all feel a little frazzled. Um, we all feel big things, um, you know, as parents and as kids. And um, yeah, one of the boys was just sitting at the kitchen table and um, yeah, just had a couple of tears, um, didn't want to talk about it. Um, so it was just, you know, that big hug and we're here to talk to, you can talk to us. You don't have to talk to both of us. You can pick which one. We don't have to share it with the other parent. Or if you would like us to find someone else for you, we can do that as well. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, whatever you need. And, and it's okay. We've both been there. We we understand what's happening and that, um, yeah, it's perfectly okay. Um, and we're here yeah. for you. And I think even just to give your big boys a cuddle, like even that, I mean, it's not something we do all the time with them. They're no. at that age like we're talking teens now where that's just, it's not cool, okay? <laughs> but sometimes that's what you need is just that that physical touch, isn't it? And you yes. can just sort of feel everything, you know. Yeah, especially with, just, with males, isn't it? It's that physical touch that they, they want um, and it's just that reassurance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they need it. Yep. I feel like we need to change pace. Um, oh, my gosh. What, um, tell me about farm life fitness. What do you actually do? 
So we um, we kind of work under three umbrellas, really. We have the online fitness community, which is currently for women in ag only. And the difference is, is the reason why is because women and men move differently. They have different physical needs. Um, so we I do like to separate. Originally, it did start as men and women, but it organically grew at the same time. I was thinking this anyway. And we offer online live workouts Monday through to Friday, first thing in the morning, but they're also available on playback because we get in the country that bandwidth is a real issue. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Hence why we don't have uh, videos on now, isn't it, to save the bandwidth. Yep. Um, and so being able to play back and save the bandwidth, but also at a time that suits them is really important. They're half an hour long. They range from HIIT workouts to toning to yoga and Pilates. Um, and yeah, that's available to any women in ag or really any woman, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then I do one-on-one coaching, which when I first started, did start out as physical coaching online. Um, but now it has turned into more talking and talking about time management, talking about goal setting, about emotional well-being, uh, having your emotional toolkit, your first day toolkit toolkit handy and that's to anyone in ag that's men women young or old it doesn't matter and then I do a lot of talking as well to businesses and communities um, about my own experience but also about movement for mental health and um, mental health in ag and what we can do what businesses can do and create a a healthier culture in business for ag. Mm. Now, I just want to touch on that one, um, going to talk to, like doing talks and and speaking gigs and such. Um, Do you charge for those? Um, Yes, I absolutely do. And I have done right from the beginning. You know, I I love to talk about mental health and wellness and I I want it to reach as many people as possible. Um, But number one, I am, to be perfectly honest, running a business. And number two, I'm worth it. You know, when I put these talks together I don't just rock up on the day and talk about whatever comes into my head I plan and I find out who I'm talking to so I can relate to them and I make each one personal personable I might have a template but you know there's there's time that goes into it and that's time away from the kids there's there's travel there's time away from my other work and study and everything and and I just think why not charge? You know, like this is what we're here for and um, we're offering a really important service and we're worth it, to be honest. I think I asked that question selfishly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I sit in that same space as you do. You know, we're we're always doing speaking gigs, um, you know, asked to be a moderator or host an event or anything like that. And I, I think what people don't realize is there's so much work that goes into that. Um, we actually prepare for these, you know, these events and we're more often than not sharing our knowledge. Um, it, it, yeah. And again, it's just, I was just thinking, I was speaking to someone else um, two days ago, actually. Uh, she's in the same space, lots of emceeing. Uh, she is from a radio background and has done so much emceeing for free. Anyway, she interviewed me and I said, oh, look, can you actually send an invoice for that? I'm happy to pay you for this. Uh, and she's like, oh, great. She goes, look, I would have done it for free, but you're right. Like we should be paid for this. You know, I did, you know, 
an hour's worth of prep and the interview went for an hour. So that would be two hours. Is that okay? I said, absolutely. Like, I think we, I just, I'm wondering if anyone else is listening and maybe even if it's not that you're a speaker, maybe you're hosting an event and you're asking someone to be a guest speaker or a keynote, you have to start thinking about paying these people. We really need to, as you said, we're running businesses and we're away from our families. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think um, that money conversations are never easy. And sometimes um, when you're asked to speak or something, it's come from a connection. So you have a bit of a connection with these people. And then, you know, then you're having the conversation about money. And like I said, no matter whether you're young, old, male, or female, money and conversations around money is always difficult. Um, but it's knowing your own worth as well. And, I, and you know, yes, we're not saying you can place a monetary value on your own worth, but it does go some way. So Farm Life Fitness, I sponsor one person um, a year to work with me for free, like because I get the financial hardships in farming and that's something that I want to give back. And I'll do two talks a year um through my values and what they're asking where they're coming from I'll say no no this is this is for free but you know there's also they can advertise for you and and they can be your word of mouth but I think that's enough you know we don't have to be we don't have to give away information for free even though it's really valuable and we want it to be heard by everyone um I think you know value ourselves and value our worth and and go in strong and confident, but go in respectful as well yeah, about yep. it. And um, yeah, I think that can go a long way. And I think because you're doing it, um, that gives me confidence that I need to be doing it. The more of us that are, it then is easier than when a business, you know, approaches us and we go, well, actually, no, this is the fee. Yes. Um, and then if they go to the next person, they're like, actually, this is the fee. If more of us are doing exactly. it, you know, we're just going to train them yeah. <laughs> at yeah. some point to say, I'd like you to speak. Um, how much is your fee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's- and look, it is true. And, and I don't like to get on my high horse about this a lot, but I, I think when you approach a male speaker, nine times out of 10, they'll charge. And it's probably nine and a half times out of 10, they'll charge. But I think, again, when it comes to women, there's still this, you know, sometimes we don't um, give ourselves enough confidence in ourselves. So we go, well, I don't think I'm worth it. Or it's just a bit of presumption that we will do it for free. Well, no, we won't. No, <laughs> we just won't. <laughs> And this was part of our AgriFutures experience as well. Um, You know, there was a lot of talk from alumni about making sure you charge your worth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we even had, you know, Cara Peaks, you know, stand up there that night and and sort of mention that as well. So I I think that's what I love about the alumni. Everyone has your back and they're all looking out for you. Now I'm thinking about it. I actually had someone pull me aside after being announced runner up. And having a conversation said, I'll send you my speaking rate card. I'm like, mm. okay, wow. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, they definitely do. They That's one thing that um, when we had the WA alumni lunch the day after the um, state award announcement, nearly everyone in that room said, you know, charge for your worth, whether, whether it's in travel and accommodation, um, if 
you know, you don't want to charge for the talk that day, but or just make it very known that, you know, you are giving up time, you're traveling, um, you're giving up time with your family, and you've put your heart and soul into this. So even if you're not keen on charging something like that, but just making them know that this isn't exactly a, a favor, or this is what we do for a profession. Mm, definitely. Um, now, your business is online. So you're mm. using a lot of you know, digital software. Is there anything from your previous roles that you've been able to bring over to what you do with Farm Life Fitness? Or were you just so far behind, you've had to actually learn those skills? Oh, God, yes, totally. So do you know what you were saying about COVID, about seeing the silver lining? Um, I was very much online with my one-on-one coaching pre-COVID. But with the group exercise, I was actually traveling to um, wheat belt areas. It's just the way it evolved. And I was getting a really, really, really good community in um, a place called Cunderdon, which is in the wheat belt. And um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, six o'clock till seven o'clock, I would have 15 to 18 women every single day rock up for about two years. This was going on for and for a rural town, that's very, very hard to keep that sustainability up. And so, you know, suddenly overnight, COVID hit. Um, and whilst we didn't go through the same amount um, of stress and intensity that you guys did, we still had to stop certain things. And so I literally messaged everyone on a WhatsApp group and said, right, we can't be together tomorrow. So just hop on this Facebook group. I've created it. Join and we'll sort everything out as we go. But this means we can keep going. And that's literally how the Farm Life community started. Um, and then it just expanded and I opened it up to people. And I remember messaging a really good friend of mine who um, is who has a lot to do with business startups and um, is a business consultant. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, have I bitten off more than I can chew? And her words were, where does most, most growth happen? It happens when we step out of our comfort zone. And you started it and now you have to go with it. And I was like, okay, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and so I've just learned as I've gone along. I'm still learning. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of modern technology, even though I run an online business. <laughs> um, and so I just think it's a learning game. And that's, I guess, what's transferred over is just to continue to learn and, and be okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Um, the people that we serve and the you know, whoever we serve, they're just grateful that we're there for them. And they are aware that we're all learning sometimes. And I think that's the most important thing. Oh, good on you. Um, I think everyone's had to have a really quick <laughs> learning curve of what is Zoom, what is Google Hangouts, um, Microsoft Teams. And this was the other thing. There's so many of them, although I jumped on Microsoft Teams the other day. And um, obviously, the last one to use it was our littlest, um, Oakley. And her name popped up and I reckon I just like had this, oh, just this sick feeling and, and went back to two years ago of homeschooling. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> that's just like a little, yeah, anxiety attack happening. <laughs> um, but look, I'm this, I mean, I'm a little different in that I'm really comfortable with online, with digital. Uh, it's even though I have a print magazine, it's actually where my skill set lies. But um I love getting out and seeing people. So that face-to-face and I'd been doing in-person workshops for, oh my gosh, for like four or five years. 
And then obviously COVID hit, couldn't do that. And I'd always kept pushing against doing online because I'm like, no, can't do online. Like it needs to be in person where I can connect with them. So obviously, yeah, great, COVID, let's go online. Um, I just, I can't believe how much my business opened up. <laughs> like suddenly, you know, you're not just servicing those within, look, a five-hour driving distance um, from home. You know, you're into other states and and people are able to join at what time, you know, fits with their business and with their kids. And I mean, again, it's that silver lining, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um since AgriFutures has um, opened up a few more doors that, you know, we've now got women from over east that have joined the community. And um, we did have one woman in the Solomon Islands that had joined the community. She's now moved to Sydney. Um, and it's just no barrier, you know, and through what you're doing, we're, we're just breaking down barriers of allowing people to from you tell stories, from me um, move and and improve their mental health and well-being. You know, for the other agrifutures, look at what they're doing for rural child health and education. It's just we're breaking down these barriers and making it more accessible. Nothing will beat face-to-face, but I tell you, this is a very, very, very close second. It is. So tell me, what excites you then about the future of your business, about the work that you're doing? I think the fact that, as we just said, that being online means that I can have the ability to reach anyone. And the reason why Farm Life was set up was to break down those barriers of location. So, you know, I can talk to people in stations. Um, I can talk to people on the other side of, of the country. And location is irrelevant. And and just, I guess, probably through this award as well, that there's much more of a platform and a freedom to talk about mental health and wellness. The stigma is starting to go. And so by winning the state award, it, what excited me the most about it was that people with influence and that can make a change are starting to realize the importance of mental health and wellness in ag. And that's what excites me for the future of farm life fitness is that there's still so there's still a big journey for it to, to come to and the, all the collaborations that can happen along the way. That's really exciting is the collaborations that I feel are going to happen in this next year for farm life to do with mental health and wellness in ag. Yes. Well, I would love to be part of that collaboration. If there's anything we can do together um, over on this side of the nation, <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Definitely. Um, life now, Kimberly. So, uh, yes, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I know, and I'm happy to be stuck with you. Um, I think what I've taken away from our AgriFutures experience is that I I do need to share some of my story. Like that was for me, that was the push that kept coming through all the feedback. <laughs> we want to hear more about your personal story. Um, you know, I don't lead with the fact that I have kids and, and there's reasons why I don't. Um, but I just really had really appreciate the conversations that we've had. And, and especially one little piece of advice you had, Louise, it was, um, you know, don't feel pressured to share your story just because people are telling you to. Like you need to be ready. Um, yeah, and, and I appreciate that. And I mean, this is a thing. We all have a story in us. Some are easier to tell than others. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to be in the right space. You do have to have the right 
platform to share it. Um, And I say that as a journalist. I mean, I could listen to your story, Louise, and I know exactly what clickbait headline I can pull out. Um, But that's just not part of my values and I have a little bit more integrity than that. Um, But do you know what I mean? Like I worry for some women, they're like, well, yeah, I need to share my story to get more exposure for my business. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and I think I almost fell into that trap. Um, I'm not going to go into it now. It's not the right space, but I know I did talk to you about it briefly at the awards. I almost fell into that trap with uh, someone that approached me to talk about it and I found the way they questioned me to be very, very sterile and non-emotive and it was just to get story. And um, it was kind of hurtful actually that they would turn something so real into something that could just sell a story. Um, and there's that ambivalence because, of course, I'm telling the story, you know, it's, a video was made about it. It's, I've put it on Instagram. But it's because I'm proud to tell that story and because it is a driving force. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to tell it to everyone. Um, and, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from about telling your own story and that will come in your own time. But look at where you've got. Your story comes out in so many different ways, Kimberly. It, it comes out in your passion and your tenderness and sympathy towards other people. And that's why you won the award because you're doing such a good job at making other stories being heard. And your story is there. It's telling its own story just at a different level right now. And if and when the timing's right, it, it will. But, you know, there's there's no pressure at all and I just think do what you're doing and it will come organically if and when it needs to oh thank you um yeah I feel like I need to to have a couple of sessions I think with someone um and I think we joked that couldn't I just fit this into one session somewhere and just (laughs) get it done (laughs) a bit you know I you know and I'm aware that it takes a really long time to yeah to talk out stuff I just know that if I pull a thread if I pull on just one of those little strings on this this big ball of wool, um, yeah. it'll all untangle and I won't be able to get it back. And I, I think that's what, you know, I'm so worried about. Yeah, um, and you have yeah. right to do that. And I think setting yourself up with the tools, um, you know, talking to the right people so you're prepared because there will be triggers along the way um, that will blindside you and then, you know, having those people to go back to and talk about those triggers and stuff like that is really important as well. Yeah. But you also, when you mention um, just obviously that journalist asking those questions in a real sterile way, and at the end of the day, that's just for them to, you know, to fill centimetres in a, an article and to to file something by five o'clock. Um, I think for me, that was probably my biggest concern heading into the media the next day um, at Parliament House, because there was no conversations about who we were speaking to and, and where they're from and what type of yeah, who that person is, um, it was just all opportunity. Okay, we've got this, 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 and bang, bang, bang. Must have been um, very overwhelming for you because you were just unaware of who you were talking to. Yeah, absolutely, and, I, and even more so when you you know you've only had a couple of hours sleep, but and you hadn't processed all the emotions of that night either. Um, and and I think what a lot of people don't know, I'd actually got a phone call an hour out from the gala, so from us all meeting up to to head to parliament house I'd um yeah I'd got a phone call to say someone was in hospital and not well and I needed to you know 
think about getting up to far north Queensland uh, very soon. So, you know, to, to have to compartmentalise that, go into the gala, smile, you know, and do everything that we had to do and, and then still have it in a box uh, yeah. the next day. Yeah, I was desperate to get in the car and um, yeah, oh, just um, have an emotional strength, a sign of your strength. Yeah, I don't know. Or just, I think, years of, yeah, of separating personal and professional. And I see, I've read a few um, reports lately that that is starting to break down in workplaces, which is really nice. I think we need to um, yeah. because it's one and the same, really. Um, it's, it's, it is, yeah. There, yeah. There is a, the time and place, isn't there? But it's, a, it's about honouring you know the space and either the transitions between you know like I said to you just before I came on I was like I need five minutes to be able to transition from what I just did to talking to you and and having those people that are aware and I I am glad that the businesses are starting to realize that because you know if you want to manage people then you have to lead people and you have to lead them with compassion otherwise they're not going to work for you at the end of the day and we all have emotion like you said we all have emotional stories and we all need space um to to give back to our emotions as well and there are not enough hours in the day to go well this morning's going to be for my personal life and this afternoon's going to be for my work so they do all have to mix at some point oh how how good that would be I would love that that sounds like an ideal (laughs) okay so from nine to five I can deal with this and then after but yeah as you said it doesn't bloody work like that no I've tried Um, I, do you know what? I could actually talk to you for so long and about so many different things. I think that's what I, I love about you. And I'm just so grateful that we've met along the way. But, um, before we wrap up, I ask this of everyone, can you tell me about a friend of yours that we all need to know about? Uh, yeah, well, um, I was thinking about this. And I was like, oh my God, I know so many people, but I guess, uh, one of the, one of my bestest friends and um, someone that I think is is going to make a difference for for many people is um, Enrica Grogan from Mind Your Money. Um, so she is guiding women to connect their numbers with their life goals, I suppose, and um, empower them to run pro- profitable businesses. And so she's a financial advisor, but she gets deeper. She talks about life goals um, she talks about work-life balance and she gives them the tools they need to to set that up. And, and that just comes from Enrica having just a very intuitive, spiritual, insightful way of life. And um, my husband talks to her a lot, actually, when she comes and stays. I normally leave them to it because they, they get into these deep and meaningfuls um and you know she's got four kids like you her husband works away um fifo and she is one of my biggest heroes as well because she knows when to step back she gives time to herself but she's also helping these women create really sustainable businesses oh wonderful i think we all need to um have yeah financial literacy i think that's something that's missing even Definitely. just from school. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we just don't learn how to manage money uh, and especially mm. as females how to ask um, yes. for money and for more money and for what we're worth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so, so very much. Um, yeah, that conversation went completely 
nowhere where I thought it would, which is a good thing, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I love it, actually. I, I really love it. I love what we've touched on and I think there's some um, – some really courageous conversations that have, have been had. And of course, you know, I always appreciate you sharing your story, even though I've heard it a few times now. Um, there's just, yeah, little bits that resonate every time. And um, yeah, just, I suppose something that I take away from it is that we do need to talk more about um, when we're not feeling, when we feel like life is overwhelming, we actually need to reach out and that's sometimes harder for others um, than some. So Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Good luck with Farm Life Fitness. Can't wait to see it explode over um, on the eastern seaboard. Uh, that's my side, isn't it? Is that what we call it? Yeah. <laughs> Geography, <laughs> I suck. <laughs> oh, so do I. Right, like when I said that um, northern's north of Denmark, I was like, oh, I don't think it really is directly north, but they'll get what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know anyway. I just think everything's within a two-hour radius of Bendigo and I've been caught so many times. Um, thank you so much, Louise, and I can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>